Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you that we can laugh in your presence. And thank you for life and life more abundantly. I thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. You, you greeted us with some mercy this morning. Thank you for kissing us with mercy. And um, we woke up with mercy just at, at, at our face and in our lives. And, and Father, I thank you that you do salvation in us and that we work that salvation out every day. Father, we're so hungry for you this morning as we seek to learn about love, as we think through love. I thank you for this message that it will change the hearts and the minds of your people. It will provoke them to walk in love. It will provoke them to be people of love, live in love. And I thank you that, Lord, we are born of uh, we are born of love. So we are children of love. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're talking about the pursuit of love. Last week we talked about living in love. Today we're talking about the pursuit of love. Living in love is the highest form of worship. If you're going to really worship God, you got to live in love. You got to be a people of love. And, and like I said last week, love is a mystery. It's a great mystery. Everybody wants to be loved. I don't know any person that doesn't want love. Um, there's something wrong with a person who doesn't want to be loved. And there's an old whining song called, I'm messing this song up, but it's like, uh, you don't want to be loved. Uh, let Jesus love you. I'm paraphrasing it. And and we know that the scripture says God is love. And once you have the Lord, you have love. Uh, there are many different aspects of love. We talked about this last week. C.S. Lewis talks about four types of love. Um, my dad, uh, who's home with Jesus, actually said there's five types of love in the Greek. And, um, but C.S. Lewis limits it to four, affection, fr friendship, sexual love, and unconditional love, agape. And if you ask anybody what love is, Tina Turner, says, what's love got to do with it? And, and everything, right? Everything that God does, he does it out of love. Love is not something that he has. He is love. He's the definition of love. Love is, is, is much more than a feeling. It's a decision that is followed by corresponding action. Love is a decision that is followed by corresponding action. God defines love for us in the scriptures. And so I'm going to go once again through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 out of the Amplified Classic. And here we go. Love endures long and is patient and is kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own, its own rights or its own way. It is not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. And when he says touchy, it's not talking about, it's not um, affectionate, right? There's some people who have um, PDA. Uh, we used to call it when I was a youth pastor, public or private display of affection. It's not, that's not what it's talking about. It's not, it's not easily offended. That's what it's talking about. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it and pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice or unrighteousness, but rejoices when truth 
when right and truth prevail. Love bears up anything uh, under anything and everything that comes and is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It hopes are faithless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. Everybody say that. Love never fails. One more time. Love never fails. Never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. So, and we, if we look down verse 13, it says, now by the faith, hope, and charity, King James says, and these three, but the greatest of these is charity or love. Charity in the King James, love in classic amplified, love in action in Greek, love is the greatest. So we need, how I many know you need faith? You can't be saved without it. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We dream. We, we do everything by faith. What is not of faith is sin. And you can't please God without faith. So faith is very important. Hope is important. We know that the blessed hope of the return of Jesus is upon us. That's the blessed hope that we have. And we know that faith gives substance to things hoped for. And so you can't really operate in faith without having some hope. Uh, hope is so is hope, hope is a bad force. If you lose a hope, the Bible says hope defers. Deferred is it makes a heart sick. So you got to have hope. You got to hope, hope in Jesus, hope in this life, hope in your marriage, hope in your singleness, hope in your children, hope in your grandchildren, hope in your grandkids, your God kids, hope in the community. Hope, hope is so important. Hope is not a wishing hope. Hope is a confident expectation. You confidently expect something. So when we talk about hope, we're not talking about I wish something would happen. A hope is not shooting basketball, shooting bricks, but hope is actually making the target every time. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. And faith grabs hold of hope and brings it to pass. So you can't really have hope without, I mean, faith without hope. Hope is the, it's the blueprint and faith brings it to pass. And love, your faith is energized by love. And so if you don't have your love right, you don't have faith right. So faith energizes love. So you got to have love. Love got, has to be the foundation of everything that we do. And so when I believe God, I, I, I have faith that I have love for Jesus and I have love for his word. And your faith won't even work if you don't have love. One of the things is unforgiveness, right? People are quick to, un, to not have to have um, some type of ill will or uh, have unforgiveness towards a person, but you got to forgive people. You got, if you've been forgiven, you must forgive. That's a re reaction, right? That's a reality. And there's some people that sometimes whenever my faith is not working like it should be, I go through the list of people that I know that I need to forgive. And sometimes it may be somebody who dis did you wrong when you were a kid. Somebody who did you wrong yesterday or just a few minutes ago. Somebody who sent you a text. I had two people recently. I never, well, I should say never, but it's been a long time since I've dealt with this where two people really spoke condescending towards me. And, I, and, I, and, and one person actually cussed, uh, slipped up and, and I just, uh, I, you know, my flesh <laughs> stopped rising and um, I just was thinking about mafia and, and um, power and, and ghosts. And I was like, we're going to ghost them real good. And, and I just, and just all these feelings were flooding my mind. And, and, and just the other day, somebody on the phone about to go, oh, I forgot who I'm talking to. Yeah. Oh, you did. You really did. Um, <laughs> but I just kind of like, let me calm down. 
And let, let me allow the love of God to flood my soul. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so you, you really have to um, forgive people, you know, and, and just walk in forgiveness. And Christianity is all about reflection, reflection of what the Father has done for us. Amen. <sighs> hey. This is um, God's love, right? Love, love is that type of patience and, and it's, it does not envy. So this tells us what love is. And we talked about how love is unstoppable. And we stopped at verse seven, first John chapter four, verse seven. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to first John chapter four, verse seven. First John chapter four, verse seven. Um, this is one of the first songs I actually learned as a kid. Uh, my mom was such a, uh, she's such a great mother. And she she really, really trained me um, and not even knowing that I was going to maybe she knew I was going to be a pastor. But she she really did a number on me and just really took some time and had Bible study with me and, and prayer for me and teach me Bible school. I mean, Christian songs and taking me to Christian concerts. I, I, I'm just really blessed. I, I, as, a, as a young boy, I got a chance to see um, Andre Crouch. And it just changed my life forever. And then I saw um, Commission, and she would take me to these gospel concerts that impacted my life forever. And so I just, I, I wanna encourage you to do that. And, and the reason I brought that up is because this verse reminded me of a song that she taught me. Um, the, the verse is, um, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God, knows God. So in the King James, um, it it reads like this. Y'all all right with me taking my time, right? Yeah. If you weren't, I, I, I still would have taken my time, right? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, so King James, <laughs> King James says, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And so the song that she taught me, it was like, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And then the, the song was First John 4, 7 and 8. He that loveth not, knoweth not God for God is love. I'm not going to sing for you, but you see that you can take scriptures and you can memorize them and you can make them into songs and you can sing the Bible to, to your creator. Beloved, let us love one another. I want to sing that so bad because it's, it's etched in my heart, in my mind, really strong. But I want to encourage you to not only read the Bible, not only study and memorize it and meditate it, but to actually sing the Bible. Take scriptures and sing to the Lord. I mean, there's some of the Psalms, that's what they did. They got up and they just sung to the Lord. How many of y'all, no, don't raise your hand, but you, you, should, you should do that. So let's look at this. Beloved. And we talked about be loved, like be loved. You are to be loved. Let us love one another. You know, um, that, that's a heavy command to love one another. Uh, it, it, it goes beyond human love to love God's love in action. Love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Notice that verse eight didn't say that they didn't, they weren't born of God. They just don't know God. There's some Christians 
who who are born of God, but they don't walk in love. They don't love. This tells us it says, let us love one another for love is from God. Thank God. God. Love is from God. And whoever loves is born of God and knows God. That word loves as plural is it, 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 a continuation. It's, it's present tense. Whoever loves. Not whoever loved, but whoever loves knows God and is born of God. The number one dominant trait of a person that knows God and is born of God is a person who loves. And anyone who does not love does not know God. There are some Christians who don't love, even though they are loved by God, even though they have received his love, they don't comprehend his love as much, but they're not walking in love. You and I are called to grow in love. We're to grow in love. You can't get more love than you have right now, but you can grow in it. You can, you can cultivate that love. You're born again. You have all the love that you need and you need to exercise that love and, and walk in that love. Just like a muscle. If you don't use the muscle, your muscle will never develop. And you and I are called to develop love. We should be loved children of a love God. This is a love book. If I want to know love, I look to God. I don't look to my emotions. Because sometimes people have their own definitions of love. And, you know, it, it, it may just be based on sexual love or do what I say kind of love. But God's love is the highest kind of love. It's not a self-seeking love. It's not a rude love. It's not a love that gets envious or jealous. Uh, it's not a love that that does that doubt people, but believes the best in them. That does not put into account suffer wrong. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, love by God. And, and you might say, why am I taking the time? The Lord has asked me to share something and I don't want to share it. So I'm, I'm having this fight with him. <laughs> Let's go to verse eight. Um, if you don't love, then you don't know God. There's a problem with a loveless Christianity. It isn't a Christianity at all. Uh, we must not confuse the definition of love with God's definition. And we know we saw that from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 13, verse 9. Verse 9 says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into this world, into the world, so that we may live through him. Let me read this again. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we may live through him. Notice that God showed us what love is. Love is not just telling people you love them. Love is not just doing things that will please a person, but love is an action. It is a decision that is followed by a corresponding action. Love shows something. And so the Bible says in John chapter three, verse 16, for God so loved the world. Um, he didn't call down. I love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. And if he did that, it would have been OK. But he sent his son. You know, love is an action. Love, as DC Talk says, love is a verb. Um, it, it, you, you, you got it, it has to be seen. Don't just say I love the Bible says if you love the Lord, you'll keep his commandments. Amen. If you love your spouse, you'll keep that covenant. 
If you love the Lord in your singleness, you'll keep your vow to the Lord. If you love the Lord, you, you, you're going to have some fruit. You're going to have some actions. Glory to God. Love, God's love. God, the God, the kind of love that is relentless, which relentless is actually a negative connotation. But, but it, it, it just, it just, it's annoying. That love, it just doesn't go away just because you mess up. It, you know, the, the love of God does not, is not based on what you do or what you don't do. It just doesn't change. It's unstoppable. That love will smack you in the face in the middle of your sin and keep loving you to, to the place where it'll love you into the image of Christ. Glory to God, the love of God. And, and, and this, script, this verse tells us that it's through him that we live. Um, God revealed to us what love is by sending Christ to die for us. We were dead in our sins because of the love of God. We can live through Christ. We, we, we are, we're to live our lives through Christ, live through Christ. Some of us are living through the first Adam through sin, but we need to live through the second and last Adam, Jesus Christ. Live through him. Galatians 2.20 says this, for I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I that live, but Christ that lives through me. In the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we are to live through Christ. It's in him we live and move and have our existence. We are alive because of Christ. And so God demonstrated his love by sending his son. This story should never get old. His story. It should never get old. It's not just an old story. It should be fresh in our minds every day. He died on the cross for you and I. He, he lived a, a sinless life, died a vicarious death, and was buried, and on the third day was raised from the dead for our justification, and he ascended up on high, and he's ever lived, he sits at the right hand of the Father, he ever lives to make intercession for you and I. That's the love of God. And the love also says, I'm going to complete it by bringing it, coming back. Jesus says, I'm coming back. And then that, that consummation, that, 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 the, 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 the finalizing of the last things, that love is the father is going to get his family. And he, we're going to, you know, it started out in the garden and it started out over food and we're going to end this thing over food. And we're going to sit at the, the lamb's supper and we're going to sit at his table and we're going to eat in fellowship and, and enjoy the presence of God because in his presence is the fullness of joy. All the sorrow and all the hell that you've been through is going to be wiped away. The Bible says he's going to do a miracle, which means that he's going to wipe away our tears, wipe away the memory of the past. And, 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 treat, and, and all things are becoming new. We want a new, new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem and a new, a new humanity, and a new body and a new mind. Come on. A new way. Of, we, we have not known life without sin. We, we live in this fallen world. We've only we were born into a system and a, a, a world system that has fallen from the state of righteousness. And now we'll experience freedom the way that we were supposed to. That's love. That's why love has everything to do with it. You start and you walk and you mature in Christ as you you love as you have been loved. Life begins with Christ. You cannot live without the Savior. The Savior is knocking at your door. If, even if you're born again, he's knocking. He's knocking. The Bible says in Revelation 3 that, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. 
He's knocking at your heart to open, to allow you to let him in. He wants to come into your life, even as a Christian. <laughs> Some of us, we have locked Jesus out. He wants to heal the, the wounds of the past. He wants to give you freshness of life and give you new eyes and new ears. And a, he that has ears to hear, let him hear a new mindset. He's calling us to come to him. He's calling us to return to him. In verse 10, in this love, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. You know, some people, they, they brag on the, the, how much love that they have for God. I love God. How about you? You don't love God? What about you? You know, what's wrong with you? Uh, they, they brag about their love. But really, the only, way, the only reason why we have any love for God is because he first loved us. Amen. That's the love, having faith in that love, that you, you believe that God is going to order your steps, that God is going to mature you and, and keep you. And, and the only reason, any type of love that you may have. I, I remember being in the ninth grade, eighth grade, and uh, at junior number two at, in Trenton, uh, and... <laughs> and and they were talking about, um, you know, asking questions. There was this French class. I, I made it up to French three. Um, come on, Tyler, you know. <laughs> and then I mix, <laughs> I mix this and number eight And so, and I remember um, they, they're, everybody was talking about love and stuff like that. And I, and, and I remember making a statement and, and, um, and I said, I only love Jesus. <laughs> and the kids were like, you don't love your parents? <laughs> uh, has nothing to do with the sermon. Uh, <laughs> love. <laughs> it's not because, you know, we have this great love for God, but that he loved us. And as a result, he, he gives us this love. Listen to this. He loved us, gave us his love. He put this love in our hearts and so that we can love him back with that same love. Then we love each other with that same love. So he gives us the love to love. He gives us the love to love. The reason why we got love is because he, in Romans 5 says, and the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And so God's love is shared abroad in our hearts. You, you, you know, real Christianity is when love is, 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 is the fruit. Love is the action. Uh, not, not just social justice, because there are a lot of people doing a lot of good things. You can give your body to be burned and still not have love. For a tax write-off. Come on, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Uh, and so so it's, it's not enough just to give, oh, you know, they really doing work of ministry. Love, love is going to tell you the truth when you don't want to hear it. Love is not afraid of letting the human relationship go in light of eternal relationship. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so this is what I want to share real quick about love. Is, 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 um, can I, can I share that at the end? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, let's share that at the end. <laughs> For verse 10 says this, in this is love and, and not that we have love, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The focus is not on us loving God, but God loving us through the death of his son. His son was sent as the propitiation for our sins. That's a big word, right? Um, if you know, if you know anything about me, if I don't know a word, I look it up. Um, do you see if you don't understand sin? then how can you cherish his death? The death of Christ. Don't let the death of Christ become something that you think you really understand. It's through his death that we have forgiveness. 
There is no forgiveness outside of life and death, the, the death of Christ. Every one of us, every one of our sins is worth a hell of eternity. Let me say that again so they can hit you. Every one of our sins, every one of our sins is worth a hell of eternity. It is because of this love that we're able to love God and people. And so until we see the ugliness of sin, we cannot cherish the, the, the precious cross of Christ. Sin is ugly. The sinfulness of sin is something to be uh, really studied. That we're not okay because we're, we're getting our life together. We, 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 we are sinful creatures and have fallen from a place of grace. And it took grace. It took God's, um, God's love sending his son to die in our place. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what grace is. Propitiation is turning away wrath, the turning away of wrath. It is the satisfying of God's judgment. It is the appeasing of this judgment. It is turning the wrath of God into the favor of God. You better thank God for Jesus. That sometimes I come before God and say, I come to you on the basis of the blood. I come to you on the basis of Jesus. I throw myself at the, on the mercies of Jesus. Don't deal with me according to my righteousness, but deal with me according to the righteousness of Jesus. Don't you understand how boldly we can come before his throne? I don't have to be sheepish. Oh, you know, I'm just a worm. I'm no longer a worm. You know what I'm saying? I'm no longer uh, apart from God. I'm no longer. It does not. It does not make God give God glory by telling how unworthy you are. I'm so unworthy. Oh, God, I'm so unworthy. And you still repenting of the sin you did 20 years ago. I'm so unworthy. I'm so unworthy. You don't believe the gospel. You don't believe the gospel. We have to believe this gospel. I was talking to a brother recently and he was um, he didn't tell me what it was, but I knew it was sexual sin. And he was just he was telling me he's like, you know, I just having a hard time, you know. And I said, well, you don't believe the gospel. You have more faith in your sins than you do in, in, in the pardon of your sins of by your own actions than you do in the blood of Jesus. I said, so when you sin, you recognize your sins and then you receive that, that forgiveness. Say, okay, I plead the blood. What, what is a, pleading blood is not a, a magical um, rabbit foot religion. It, it, it actually means my stance is the blood. So when you say I plead the blood, you're not just like some some uh, slew foot or some, you know, back in the south, in the south, they have like, you know, these little wise, you know, oh, you know, don't open up an umbrella inside because it's seven years of bad luck or, um, you know, and they do roots and stuff like that. And that's those things are real. Right. Um, my, my biological father was under some roots. <laughs> but thank the Lord. He's free now. He says, Jesus got saved a month before he died, got killed. But uh, it's not just the the, the little the little foot thing where I plead the blood, but you, you're saying my stance is the blood. Like I plead the fifth, I plead the blood. So that's what it means. Oh, he's not even found in the Bible. I can't find pleading the blood. You can't find Trinity in the Bible. You can't find rapture in the Bible. So what does that mean? You don't use it? You know, we draw conclusion from the information that's presented in God's word. 
And we can have these different terms that's not found in the Bible because mics are not found in the Bible. Cameras are not found in the Bible. Buildings may not necessarily be, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the internet is not found in the Bible. So does that, so we don't use it? <laughs> uh, instruments are, no instruments in the New Testament. Okay, do acapella, acapolo. You dumb. Like music, God is a musical God. Well, anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Church of Christ. <laughs> um, Oh, we got to worship on Saturday. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I just, I, I'm just, I'm going after religion, just like false religion. Um, the bottom line is the propitiation is the turning away of wrath. God's, the appeasing of, of that wrath. God's favor. Jesus is our, our we plead Jesus. We, we, um, it's because of Jesus we're not consumed. It's because of his sinless life that his vicarious death was received. His victorious resurrection that we're justified before a holy and righteous God. His, his sinless life, his virgin birth, sinless life, vicarious death, his, his glorious resurrection that we're justified. And the word justification means just as if we haven't sinned. Glory to God. He treats us like Adam and Eve prior to the fall. Look at verse 11. Let's look at this. Beloved, if God so loved us, we all, we also ought to love one another. Mm, interesting, right? Um, the foundation of our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ is God's love for us. Why wouldn't you love? Why wouldn't you love if you have been loved by God? Think about this. We have no reason not to love because we have not, because we have not been loved by a big God through the death of his son. He gave his son to prove his love for us to make his love known to us. Our forgiveness of, of each other is based on God's forgiveness. Let me say it again. Our forgiveness of each other is based on God's forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness is not cheap. It costs Jesus his life. Do you, you, you hear me? So don't, I just repent. No, no, it, it, it costs Jesus his life. Don't ever take forgiveness for granted. Every single drop of Christ's blood paid for our sins. Every drop, it was not in vain. His death is vital to our life. His life gives us the life we have with God. Mm, let me, um, verse 11, it says that um, we be loved. If, we, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. So when I was four years old, my uncle violated me. And and, and what I did is when it happened, I immediately told my mom when she got off of work. And years later, I go to Bible college and come home to visit my grandmother and my uncle's there. And he tells me to come in the back. And all the only thing I can hear, see my face is what happened at four years old. And so I, I with all boldness, I go in this back room that reminds me of what took place. And... My uncle says, I need you to pray for me. I want Jesus in my life. And, and about at the age of 19, 20, I prayed the sinner's prayer with my uncle. Then when my, my auntie died recently this past year, my uncle was at the funeral and he said, he looked at me and he, the way he looked at me is because of the shame, he looked at me and you know what I did? As soon as I got out of the car, I went over to him and hugged him. There is nothing here. You are forgiven. I didn't say that. I dis displayed that. 
You won't see my kids. <laughs> but I released you. And I hugged him and told him, I love you. I love you. The power of that thing was broken at the age of four when I told my mom. This is why when I was youth pastor, I would go around preaching at churches and, and I would get and I would talk about kids being molested and I would tell them to open their mouths, you know, and to communicate. And I tell my boys, you this is a no no zone like no one should. This is area that is preserved for your wife. And um, and so it, it's just something to do. But I wanted to share it. And this is what the Lord was sharing with me. And my wife has been asking me to share about that for years. I'm like, I'm not sharing that. That's past. The whole thing's passed away. You need to share it. I'm not sharing it. <laughs> but here I am sharing it years later. So I want to encourage you. Forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Let's go to verse 13. No, verse 12. Verse 12 says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. In us. So let's look at this. The scripture says no one has ever seen God. So I'm, I'm going to tell you this. If someone claims to have seen God, please understand they are a liar. <laughs> no one has ever seen God. More specifically, this is talking about seeing the father. People have had visions and visitations from Jesus, but no one has seen the father. Um, I don't I don't care. Anybody who says this, I've seen the father face to face and I, and I. I I'm not coming against Apostle Chad's message, right? You, you understand that. I, I'm saying no one has seen the Father's face. Not like the scripture says us. First Timothy chapter six, let's go over there. This is my last verse. First Timothy chapter six, verse 13. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. This is why we believe in confessions. I should try to get a hold of it. These are my confessions. All right. <laughs> Verse 14, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach. You were supposed to laugh at that, by the way. Um, free from re reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign. The king of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in what? Unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see to him be eternal dominion. Amen. The scripture tells us that no one has seen God in the Old Testament and lived. <laughs> uh, he designed it that way. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians chapter five. Not we're to walk by faith. We're not to walk by visions, dreams, prophetic words. We're to walk by faith. The proof that God, let, let's go back to first John real quick. First John chapter four, real quick. I'm going to let you go. My our time is getting away. Is this blessing you? Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter four, verse 12. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Notice this. He goes from no one has ever seen God. Then he goes, if we love one another, <laughs> God dwells in us. Let's look at this. So the proof that God lives in you isn't an anointing on your life. Mm. It isn't the miracles you perform. <laughs> it isn't God using you. Listen. 
I was at Enterprise and there's a boy who was ungodly and unregenerated, full of lust devils, said to me, the Lord has called you to the ministry. <laughs> and God used them. God will use people to prophesy to you that are not living anything. So don't measure the anointing on somebody's life as being a godly person. My number one prayer has been since I was a teenager, I want an anointed life. Let me live a life that's pleasing to God, a life that shows, a life that blows, a life that exposes the darkness. Lord, let me be real with my Christianity. Amen. Let my life be anointed. It isn't how blessed you are. It is, it is your love for one another. L love forgives. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffer wrong. The measuring stick that you know God is how much you love. Not how much uh, theology. I love theology. Um, I got a bunch of debt to prove it. <laughs> uh, I got a bunch of books to prove it. But it's, it's not how much you know. It's how much you love. The degree of your love for people is the degree how much God lives in you. Let me say that again. The degree of your love for people is the degree of how much God lives in you. God living his life through you is what Apostle John is saying. It isn't how much God uses you. It isn't how much you say you love a person. It's how much you actually love. And love is tested when things are not always great. Submission, oh, I'm so submitted to you. Um, submission is when you don't want to do it and you still do it. That, that's submission. Uh, uh, it's not just, you know, as long as you're in agreement, it's not submission. And as long as somebody's doing something that you like does not mean that they love you. Love is, 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 you know, love should have brought you home last night, Tony Braxton said. You know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Love should have brought you home. I mean, I play that all the time. My boys are like, love should have brought you home. <laughs> love should have brought you home last night. <laughs> Amen. So, so, so love brings a husband home. Love brings a wife home. Some of y'all too young for that. Y'all don't really know about love. Tony Braxton. Me and Tony Braxton had a love affair back in the day. You know, since I'm confessing all my sins, all what's happened to me, I was in love with Tony Braxton. You know, I just like, my, my, I mean, she just, you know, busted my cherry. Um, <laughs> Intersecular music. Intersecular music. I was a virgin when I got married, but intersecular music. <laughs> y'all get that on the way home. Sorry, my bad. Since that all the kids are in the children's room, I'm so free. <laughs> um, <laughs> glory to God. All right, so that's that first project by Tony Braxton, by the way. Um, so <laughs> it's on repeat at the Rice House. Um, so love brings you home. Love keeps you true and honest. Love decides to, I'm going to live this thing no matter what. I'm going to forgive when it's unforgivable um, moments, when it's not common to forgive. Love um, embraces and it covers each other. I mean, uh, you, you know, you, 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 don't, you don't uncover people. You cover them. Amen.
love, the love of God. Um, the measuring stick, how much you, that you know how, know God is how much you love. Um, God doesn't live in you because you speak in tongues. And you know, I speak in a lot of tongues. God does not live in you if you shout or feel goosebumps. God love lives in you because you love. What is love? First Corinthians 13, four through eight B. God is seen in this world when Christians love. Everybody wants the revival. Everybody wants a outpouring and miracles and signs and wonders. But that doesn't save people. You can do a miracle and it will not save a person. How do you know? Give me scripture. Children of Israel was not changed because God opened the Red Sea. Miracles do not change people, but love does. Love, love, the love of God poured on a hardened heart will break it down and allow Jesus to come in. Come on. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Love. True God love, not the kind of love that's self-centered and self-seeking, but the love that says, I'm going to forgive you. The love that says, I'm going to walk with you. The love that says, I'm going to be here when you're done doing your thing. The love of God, that's the kind of love I'm talking about. The love that is unstoppable, that's unremovable, that will not go anywhere if you act up. The love says, I'm in this thing for the long haul. The, the, the love of God that says, I'm willing to let you go to hell of because of your own volition, I'm gonna still love you. Yeah. If you make your bed in hell, I'm gonna still love you. Yeah. I'm not, and, and you get that in a marriage, that type of love will never see a divorce court. That that type of love is is it's kind of love that's I'm not going nowhere. Yeah. I you you be you decide to be a prostitute. The love of God that says, I'm gonna spend all that I have to buy all your time to be with you. That's the type of love. That's that's real love. I know Mary J, she's trying to like, what's the about the real love? The real love, the real love is the love of God. The real love of God was says to a child that's acting up, a teenager, not a little kid, a teenager says, you got to go. I love you so much that you're not going to stay here. That's tough love. The kind of love that will kick somebody out. Yeah, because that's what Paul said in First Corinthians chapter 7. First, first, first Corinthians chapter 7. The love. So we're not talking about the kind of love like, you love, you love, you love you. But the love that is tough. The love that says, if you don't work, you don't eat. I'm going to motivate hunger to help you to work. I love you so much. See, sometimes you interrupt what God is doing in a person's life when you decide to always be there for a person. Interrupt, don't interrupt God's work. Let God work in them. God is working through the circumstances. Maybe you need to go to the bottom pit in order to recognize. That's the type of love. See, sometimes, see, people's love is, I don't beat you. I don't, just let, you know, you just have your way. Whatever you like, like the woman with the, um, uh, I'm coming to America. Whatever you like, whatever you, no, that's not love. When you get married, you know, whatever you like. No, I honor you. I respect you. But this is what I think. And this is how I feel. I've been living with love for 17 years. And that's what she still tell me. I disagree with you. We're going to go to war. I'm going to let you know. But you're the head of this house and I honor you. Amen. Even I don't want to. Amen. And that put pressure on me. I got to go pray. Make sure I hear from God. <laughs> like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yeah, this is what I'm concerned about. I know. I know you're going to let you. You're going to let me know. You're going to let me know. <laughs> love. Love speaks their mind. 
in a in a way that is 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 you know you you, you respect and you honor. But but we gotta we gotta allow God's love to de- define our love. Amen. God, notice that verse in verse 12, God is seen in this world. No man has seen God, <laughs> but when we love one another, people see God. That's what, let's, real quick, let's look at this again. Y'all don't believe me. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God. And you know, I talked about that, right? If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And so if, if when we love, God is seen. No one has seen God. But if you love, you'll see God. They know that we're Christians for our love one for another. They know that you are Christ follower because of your love. Amen. Let me give you some takeaways real quick. I do believe the the first one last week was baptize your mind in scriptures revealing the love of God. My second one that I'm going to leave with you is you got to be quick to forgive. Forgiveness is rooted in God's love for us and his forgiveness for our sins. God does not forgive everyone. Did you hear me? (laughs) That goes against your religious brain. God does not forgive everyone. His forgiveness is conditional. You have to confess and repent and then you'll receive forgiveness. What scripture you have? First John 1, 9, Proverbs 29. It talks about that. So be quick to forgive. That's 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 how you walk in the love of God. That's how you pursue love. You forgive. Doesn't mean you have to trust them. I don't trust that uncle. He will never be around my kids. But I forgive him. And I love him. And I'm praying for his salvation. But you will not be around any kids. That's love. I love you so much. You got something working inside of you. That I love you so much that I'm not going to tempt you that way. If you know somebody's a thief, you can love them. Doesn't mean that you leave your purse around them. Are you are you with me, right? Don't be dumb Christians. You just love. Back in the 70s was like the love flowers, which I don't even know what that is. Like, I guess they had flowers that had love on it. I don't know. <laughs> Let's look it up. Jim Jones days. I, I don't know. But flowers, <laughs> you know, oh love, the love children. Stevie Wonder wrote songs. I remember seeing them as kids around the as a kid around the house. The love, love songs, you know. Uh, then you got the new movie the movie came out in the 90s, Love Jones, and all this other stuff. Um Love and basketball. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but just, just you know, di- different definitions of love. But, but one of the ways you and I need to walk in this love, pursue this love, is be quick to forgive. Just forgive people. Don't allow their 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 wrongdoings to stop you from receiving from God. Unforgiveness will stop you from receiving your forgiveness. Unforgiveness will stop your faith from working. Unforgiveness will allow the enemy to take root in your heart. And the Bible says in Hebrews that a root of bitterness will take over. So so don't allow, don't get bitter, get better. Say, you know what? I I forgive. God, you you go down the list and everybody who's done you wrong that you still have a little ill feeling towards them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I I release them. Be like that dog that keeps coming back after you beat it. Um, You know, just, you know, not to get beat again. So that's not from, you know, you go in marriage. I got to clarify. Oh, pastor said, come back. You know, no, you better run for your life or fight back. (laughs) If you hear every eye open, every head up, 
If you hear you don't know Jesus and the pardon your sins, you've not received the forgiveness that's in Jesus. I want you to be bold and brave enough to say, that's me, Pastor Dwayne. I want to receive Jesus and I want to plead Jesus as my case before God the Father. If you're here, God is knocking at the door of your heart. The worst place to be is to actually think you're born again when you're not. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And today is your day of salvation. Jesus did not die for no one. He died for you. So today he is tugging at your heart. And you know you're living in sin. And you, you have not been in fellowship with Father God. And you don't know Father God. And you don't know Jesus. You don't know the Holy Spirit. I want to give you this opportunity. Is there one? Be bold and brave enough among these people to say that's me. I want to be bold and brave enough to receive Jesus. Is there one? Is there one? Today's the day of salvation. You say, well, I once believed in Jesus, but now I have found myself away from Jesus. I want to come back home. This is the second opportunity I'm giving you. Opportunity for you to reconnect with your father, heavenly father. Is there one that says, you know what? I want to rededicate, recommit and renew my faith in Jesus. Be bold and brave enough to lift up my hands and say, that's me. Is there one? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of renewing of your faith in Jesus. Is there one? Today, the Father is waiting to receive you at home. Amen. The only place you see God running is when the prodigal comes home. (laughs) He runs and he says, you know what? I'm going to take this robe, which represents my righteousness. This, this, This son has been among the world and has the stain of the world and been among pigs. And I'm going to take my robe of righteousness and I'm going to cover him. And I'm going to give him my, my ring, which speaks of authority, my sonship. Today, the father wants to cover you in your r- wickedness with his righteousness through his son, Jesus. He wants to give you a place in his kingdom by giving you the ring of authority. Is there one here? Today is the day of salvation. Be bold and say, that's me. I, I want Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're looking through these cameras, I want you to pray this prayer with me. There's no faith and and no magic in our prayers, but faith in God. So let's pray with this audience who's looking at this. Say, Father God, I come boldly before your throne. I confess I'm nothing without you. I throw myself on Jesus. I receive Jesus as my savior, as my Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised Christ from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I receive forgiveness. And Lord, I'm coming home. I receive the forgiveness that's in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, for restoring me. Now fill me with your spirit. Change my life forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or rededicated yourself, I want to rejoice with you of all of heaven that you are a child of God. And you might not have felt anything. You didn't have to jump no pew, run down no aisles. The earth didn't quake, but you, you can be born again because you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, 
You can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.